Many of us may share personal or professional experiences with our patients, oftentimes in an effort to strengthen our relationships with them. Unfortunately, these actions may not always produce the intended positive effects on the relationship. When do a physician's self-disclosures become too much information? Will our patient's response to the information we share differ based on our own specialty field? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Mary Catherine Beach, Associate Professor of Medicine at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and Bloomberg School of Public Health. Welcome, Dr. Beach. Thank you. Now, let's just start with the basics. If you could tell us exactly what is physician self-disclosure? Well, physician self-disclosure is when a physician shares something personal about him or herself to the patient. And if you think about it, even just sometimes the way we dress is a type of disclosure. It sometimes says something about ourselves, the type of artwork we have on our walls and the photographs we have in our office, all is one form of self-disclosure. What I have studied is verbal self-disclosure. So when physicians share personal stories about themselves with their patients. Now, how common is physician verbal self-disclosure? I think it happens in about probably 15 to 25 percent of visits between doctors and patients. Do you think there are some physicians who may not realize that they're sharing too much information? And how can we make sure that our visits aren't becoming more about the doctor than about the patient? This is an interesting question. I think that sometimes physician self-disclosure can be appropriate and can really foster the relationship in the way that the physician may intend for it to do. Occasionally, like you say, Physicians share too much information where they become distracted by their own stories or thought process and or, or somehow suddenly reminded of something about themselves when they're talking to a patient. So if the patient has a troublesome symptom, the physician may share a story about when they experienced the same problem. And occasionally what we've found in studies of this behavior is that Physicians often, when they do this, tend to lose sight of what the patient's original concerns were. And so it often can derail the visit and make it become more about the physician than about the patient. So what advice would you have for a physician who does want to self-disclose and kind of empathize with the patient? How do you get back on track? That's a great question and something I've thought a lot about because I think in principle I like the idea of having that mutuality in a relationship and being a person as well as a professional when you interact with patients. So I think that the best way to do that is give some thought ahead of time to the material you're about to share, just to become aware that you are self-disclosing. And that awareness will allow you to make it more deliberative when you do decide to disclose. So you may be tempted to disclose something. You become aware of that urge within yourself and consider briefly whether that's going to be in the patient's interest, whether it's really something that will help them. And if it is and you do disclose it, just remembering to sort of pay attention to the patient cues and then make a deliberate transfer of the focus of the conversation back to the patient. So you might reflect on how your own experience relates to the patients and then how the patient would move on from there 
and maybe learn from your experience. Right. So if you say to the patient, I turned 50 last year and I had to have my first colonoscopy, it wasn't that bad. Rather than launching into this, you know, a story about your colonoscopy, you might then say, do you have any concerns about getting the procedure done? So you've shared something personal, but then you've transitioned back to the patient. And if the patient wants to ask you more about your experience, well, in that case, then they're showing interest, although I wouldn't necessarily overinterpret that because sometimes people do it to just be polite. But as long as you transfer the focus of the conversation back to the patient, I think that the sharing is going to be a lot more effective than if you become distracted. Now, is it better not to share about yourself and keep the experience, let's say, about colonoscopy more general? And you can say, a lot of my patients have had colonoscopies when they turn 50, and they tell me, and really keep the focus off of the physician. What do you think about that as a technique? Yeah, I think that's certainly one option, and that might be preferable. I wouldn't be prescriptive about whether someone has to do it that way or whether they are allowed to share their personal stories. I think that everybody has their own sort of personal style, and some people are more personal than others. And colonoscopy, I guess I picked a particularly personal example, but I, you could take the flu shot, for example. I think sometimes it really does help patients to know that you believe in the procedure enough that you decided to get it for yourself. I think that can be very meaningful to patients, and so I don't think you always have to generalize it. So it's kind of like a role modeling as well. Yeah. What about physicians who are very private and don't want to disclose anything? Do you find there's some kind of a negative effect that it has on patients who maybe expect their doctor to be a little bit more human and relatable? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure we know the answer to that. I know that in the studies that I have done of physician self-disclosure, there was never a negative effect of not disclosing Now, that's on a population basis. That's where we looked at whether the physician had disclosed in the visit and then measured patient satisfaction and actually found in primary care, so family medicine and general internal medicine, that the self-disclosure had a negative impact on patient satisfaction. Whereas the same study done among surgeons showed that there was a, always a positive impact of self-disclosure on patients so that surgical patients were more satisfied when their surgeons self-disclosed. So, you know, I think we have to be cautious to realize that these findings are contextual to the field. We thought a lot about why it would be different for primary care doctors than for surgeons, but it certainly seems that surgical patients really appreciate it when their surgeon self-discloses. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu. Our guest is Dr. Mary Catherine Beach, Associate Professor of Medicine at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and Bloomberg School of Public Health. We're discussing how much is too much when sharing personal information with our patients. Now, regarding you're talking about a difference between patients' perceptions of the self-disclosure, whether the physician is a primary care physician or a surgical specialist, what about when, let's say I'm a pediatrician, but so what about in our case, my case, where my patient is a child and then I'm relating to the parent? Is that a different dynamic, do you think, or has that not been studied? Well, that's a great question. Now, that has not been studied, and I think it ought to be. Many, many pediatricians would ask me questions when I was out presenting my work. 
and tell me stories about how parents always want to know whether they have kids and what they do with their kids. And so I think that that is maybe a common behavior in pediatrics. Did you find in your research that there is any difference on a patient's response to the self-disclosure based on the patient's or the physician's age or gender, race, cultural background, any of that stuff? No, we really didn't. But in the study that I did that was published some time ago in, in 2004, there was so little racial or ethnic diversity of the physicians that we studied and even of the patients that we studied just from the geographic region where the study was conducted. And so I think that is a fascinating issue. Self-disclosure is to be seen in the context of culture and cultural expectations. We really know so little about that. And so all of what I'm saying may be different depending on the culture of the the patient and the physician and the relationship that they have. Now, one thing I have found in this information age is that patients can research their physicians ahead of time and find out all kinds of professional and personal information, both on your practice's website or just Googling you. What kind of effect does this possible imbalance of information have when the patient comes in knowing so much more about the physician than vice versa? That's an interesting question, and that gets a little bit at the self-disclosure that's involuntary that may happen, like you say, on the Internet or through the patient researching the physician's qualifications or complaint history or something. I'm not aware of, of what impact that does have on the encounter between the doctor and the patient. And I think that it's probably such a new phenomenon that we don't really know. And we're going to learn a lot from anecdotes of people who have can tell a story about well, what, what the impact was on them. I don't actually recall ever seeing a patient who came in, to my knowledge, with information about me that I didn't or never shared the information that they knew about me with me. But other doctors may have different experiences. It'd be interesting to hear from them. I think it might just be helpful for our listeners to be aware that they may be passively sharing information or involuntarily doing it whenever they post pictures online or if they have pictures or even diplomas in your office that your patient could see that patients may be looking even if you don't plan to to disclose or share. Yeah, and actually that brings up another issue that a lot of doctors ask me about, and that is the issue of when patients ask a lot of personal questions to the point where it begins to feel intrusive. It doesn't happen very commonly, but there was a study that showed that women physicians felt that that was more of a boundary violation in their own practice that occurred than male physicians did. And whether it was because patients feel more comfortable in the dynamic with a woman physician asking them personal questions than with a man, male physician is one of the possible explanations. Do you think that physicians who self-disclose happen to attract patients who crave that disclosure? Maybe it's not such a bad thing to disclose if it's mutually appealing for both the patient and the physician. Yeah, I think that that may be true for some patients. I was so disheartened, though, by my own study and the study of others, which looked at the nature and the quality of the self-disclosures that physicians are making. And it really, they are sort of overwhelmingly, in general, not related to the patient's concerns and not responsive to the patient, generally distracting, unhelpful. And so, you know, I hesitate to just say, yes, well, some people may like it because I think physicians actually overestimate the extent to which their patients might appreciate self-disclosure. 
I was actually quite disappointed by our findings. When I started my study some time ago, I was much more pro-self-disclosure. I thought it was a great way of creating balance in mutuality in the relationship. And what I found was that in practice, it really does have some shortcomings that we ought to consider. And I'm much less likely to disclose personal information now with my patients because I think there are other and better ways of building rapport with people. What about doctors who practice in small towns where everyone knows everyone else's information? Isn't it impossible to to keep from disclosing things either in during the visit or outside of the visit? Yes, it is. And I think probably there's a lot more personal talk that goes on in those visits. I should also say that when we studied self-disclosure, we were talking about disclosure of personal or medical information. And we did not include the initial like few sentences of chit-chat in the beginning of the visit. So, you know, are you, how are you enjoying the weather? Oh, I'm enjoying it fine. How are you enjoying it? Well, I, you know, I don't like the heat. I mean, that type of dialogue, which is often, you know, as everyone knows, typically occurs at the beginning of a visit when you haven't seen someone in a little while and you're saying hello. That type of dialogue was not included or defined as self-disclosure. It was really, that was more sort of chit-chat. It was only once the medical visit really began and the, the participants, the patient and the doctor started to talk about the patient's medical condition and why the patient was in the office that day. When the disclosure occurred from the physician about their own personal or medical information to the patient, that was what we defined as self-disclosure. So I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that they can't engage in that kind of healthy chit-chat with patients. Okay, so small talk at the beginning is okay, but then just check it at the door. Right. Did you find in any of your studies that physicians were violating any patient confidentiality when they were doing self-disclosure either about their own family members or mutual contacts that the patient and the physician had? No, we never found that. Okay, excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to add about physicians who share personal information with patients? Well, I guess you know, I'd just again like to say that it's, you know, it can be a way of building rapport, but it's something that you have to pay attention to and really see whether you think it's beneficial to patients, sort of pay attention to the cues when you've decided to do it and transition quickly back to the patient's concerns. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Mary Catherine Beach. We've been discussing the balance of sharing personal information with our patients. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shu. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.